Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. I am Matt. I'm Dory. Here we are. We are on the podcast with uh, now uh, community hero, Dory Shafrir. Welcome to the show, Dory. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, you know, I hear you. Uh, you're a hero. Yeah. To the community. Yeah. Which is lovely. Thank you. Very proud of my 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 wife thank slash you. co-host slash co-parent mm-hmm. slash community mm-hmm. leader. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. So anyone listening who's confused, Dory got me to leave the house yet again. I mean. By receiving an award from the Children's Law, <laughs> uh, Children's Law Center of Center California of California, yeah, uh, they uh, honored Dory at what I would describe as a gala, a gala, yes, yeah. So we all put on our Sunday best, mm-hmm. strolled out of the house. Dory yeah. looked beautiful in her semi shiny black gown mm-hmm. with some. What would we call this? Uh, 
shiny accent of of bejewelment. Yes. <laughs> uh, her grandmother's necklace came out. It was really a time. Yeah. She had the. She got her hair. She got her makeup done. Again, she looked fabulous. Uh, and we went to a cold rooftop for a gala. I feel like I, I was promised more heat lamps. I really, <laughs> genuinely, it was a perfect place for Bruce Wayne to be honored, <laughs> then disappear, and then come. Batman comes out as the Joker is trying to take all of our money. You said that. At the, I did, because it really did feel like it. It did kind of feel like that. Well, especially with the, because it was at UCLA, right by the medical center. Yeah. So there were periodically like medevac helicopters flying like very low. Yeah. Which did lend a sort of like Gotham City element to totally. it. Totally. Like <laughs> yeah. We were just like in. We were, we were exposed. Like, on a semi rooftop. <laughs> like there was a higher roof next to us that like would easily you could you could you could glide down if you were Batman <laughs> to save the day. Um but Dory was honored because uh she has uh taken it upon herself the last few years to sponsor a couple of families for Christmassy gift time. Mm-hmm. The Children's Law Center works with foster youth. Mm. Yes, I should say that too. Uh, if any longtime listeners remember, will probably remember uh, last year or the year before when Dory was wrapping Batman presents, ironically. Mm. And it got me real sad. And I started yeah. to cry because I was thinking about a kid that just wanted some Batman toys and they couldn't afford it. And Dory was so sweetly uh, providing that. But it was most of the most of the people that get the gifts around the holidays. They're either a lot of them are former foster youth who now have their own kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's mostly been who we've been giving presents to. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. But uh, you have you got you got the word out. You got some other people to join in mm-hmm. and uh, became a community hero as a result. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Matt got to sit at a table with me and a bunch of my girlfriends. I was, he was the token male. I was the token male. And uh, you were among all your, all your, all your L.A. faves. You know, yeah. you just, you just, you know, you had a night, honey. I was very proud of you. Oh, thank you. There was a silent auction that I participated in a little too vigorously. No, it wasn't silent. It was oh, a live auction. It was a live auction. <laughs> well, they gave me a number and I used it too much. Uh, uh, <laughs> I was like, it's for charity. Here's the point. I thought I was getting Dory and I a very, very good deal on a seven night stay in Arizona. In Scottsdale. And, and t- turns out that I got us a very good deal on a stay in Italy. <laughs> so, you know. You know me and how much I love to get on that plane and go somewhere. <laughs> International. <laughs> yeah. So we, at some point, will be, you know, staying in a two-bedroom house in Italy. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't really paying attention because 
never did I think. I honestly was just trying to drive the bid up. Thank God someone bid over me. <laughs> and then they cut us a deal. And I was like, oh, fine. <laughs> I really didn't. I wasn't anticipating winning. I know. Like once it went up, you know, it was $250 over what I had bid. I was like, oh, thank God. I was also like, oh, thank God. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I was just trying to help out the charity by, you know, getting those bids up. And now... <laughs> Suddenly, I'm going to have to, like, oh, sell a guitar <laughs> to pay for a reasonably priced stay in an Italian place. Let's see how much it costs to go to Italy. I don't even want to think about it. too bad i don't even know what that means anyway they were jokingly talking about cortona arizona instead of scottsdale and i was like "Ooh, dory's always talking about how she likes you know she wants to go places she likes trips i was like this is a nice easy trip arizona we could drive if we have to and henry could you know we all all three of us great time this seems like a good deal it's like way less than half of what they were oh they say the value gosh. is i'm gonna do it and if i get it great and if i don't hopefully i get outbid and then i can move on well i got outbid and i was like great moving on <laughs> and then the guy was like we will give you to both of you if you both still want it we'll give it to both of you at the previous bid yep so that's exactly I had what to, happened i couldn't like there's no world where i could go no thank you Right. So I had to go, yeah, deal. <laughs> and then I was like, great, we're going to Arizona. And then... Oh, um, my God. Because I was like, oh, this is less than I've we've paid for two or three nights at an Airbnb. Yeah. You know, I was like, this is not... Yeah, this is not... This is a good deal. I was like, seven nights in a nice place in Scottsdale. <laughs> Turns out it's a nice place in Tuscany. Yeah, so... <laughs> Looks like there are three nonstop flights a week from L.A. to Rome. God. <laughs> okay. Sounds great. I mean, or we could break it up, you know, like spend a couple days in New York or something and then, right. and then go. I mean, you go to New York and then London and then Italy yeah. for seven days. <laughs> seven days in Italy. <laughs> oh my god anyway I, I don't understand i don't I, like it was one of those like things where you're just you're like what is that why did why is that what what italy it's actually italy that was literally because it was like a vague i think he was making a joke yeah apparently <laughs> it was a vague descriptor on the on the yes on was. the sheet well it said it did say tuscany i know the but sheet. then i was like Oh, is this like a little town in Arizona that calls itself the Tuscany of the of the Southwest? Oh, <laughs> you know I what see. I mean? That's what sure. I thought was happening. Right. Turns out that's not what was happening. <laughs> oh God. Still unemployed. Thank you very much, everyone. God help us all. Oh boy. Anyway, uh, I would say it was a, it was a lovely it was a great it was I mean I thought it was a lovely night Dory what'd you think I had a, I thought it was a lovely night you got to go on after probably one of the better orators in California legislature got up there and 
But like, what did he really say? Exactly. That's the beauty of it. You know, it was very. <laughs> it was a, he was a very dramatic speaker. Yeah. In a way that you're like, oh, yeah, this is And fun. then you're like, wait, what? But I'll tell you, there was something weird happening because everyone kept saying 2003 instead of 2023. Yes, that, that was, was like, very, what? That was very strange. Is happening. Two people did that. That could have been like one of, you know, maybe it was like the Riddler's scheme. Oh, some toxic gas maybe. had been let out, and everyone started to forget years and oh numbers. Oh my god, we needed Batman. Uh, you know, I put on a suit and we went. And then the next day, everyone get up, time to get ready to go take pictures at a park. <laughs> Henry was 14 times more difficult than I thought he would I- be. Completely agree. <laughs> Completely like, agree. I, I just don't understand it. Like maybe we just hadn't explained it to him enough of like what was happening and how it was going to happen. I guess because like all he had to do it would have taken us half a yes. third of the time. Yes, if he had just yes just posed yeah. for some pictures. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but instead he. <laughs> just wanted to run around and cause <laughs> it was wild cause drama um but he looked very cute in his little his little button down shirt his little uh that he didn't want to wear and Henley. and matt and matt convinced him to wear it so that was fun well i, I told him i was like it's button up day we're gonna wear button up shirts <laughs> and as soon as we're it's done we're gonna we're gonna day. both take them off um, I didn't realize he didn't have a t-shirt on underneath it. So he probably was just, it's not super comfortable feeling a button up right. shirt under, on your skin. Mm. Um, but he got used to it. He did ask Dory where the buttons were on her dress. Yeah. And then when, when, it, when we did get home and it was time to take it off, he tried to like rip it off. Right. Like sure. it was snaps. And I was like, no, but no, you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would say that that was semi-successful i don't know we'll see i guess we don't know we until don't know. the pictures come the pictures seemingly the only pose he was willing to do was to kiss me on the lips yeah i mean there are some I, like i saw her take some cute ones of the two of you yeah no i'm sure uh but it was a lot of like throwing him in the air holding him upside down so many different things mm-hmm. i finally got her to cheat the eye line towards the traffic light <laughs> so that he could tell us when it was red, green, or yellow. Yeah, that was smart to do that. Um, but that was the only way to get him to focus on anything. I mean, just what a what a, what a wild whirlwind couple of days it has been. I played a golf, charity golf tournament on Friday mm-hmm. with uh, Kula and uh, Aunt Anthony King there mm-hmm. from, uh, everyone knows him from that episode of Forever 35 I was on. <laughs> And the episode of Forever 35 that is unreleased. <laughs> hashtag release the Myra <laughs> King cut. Or hashtag release the husband cut. Uh, Please tweet to at Dory and uh, whatever Kate Spencer's. Well, Kate doesn't go on Twitter anymore. Great. Get her on Instagram then. <laughs> release the husband cut. Oh my God. Anyway, uh, we played golf terribly terribly really 
We we were the three worst golfers, I think, (laughs) on the planet. On the planet Earth. Oh my God, really? I could not... I don't I don't really fully understand what was happening with my swing. Okay. Like there were some shots where I was like, oh, this is great. And 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 a lot of duffing and 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 it was like a it was like contagious um shanks. You know, cuz you know, Anthony's out there with a set of clubs that he has played with once at a driving range you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and cool is out there using a set of cougar hot ones from 1974 <laughs> like i was like i was like how, we can't even google that like how do you google cougar oh hot God. one without getting porn it's like this brand of irons i was fascinated i'm fascinated by it i was like you gonna get new ones ever he's like nope <laughs> Wow. Don't need him. It's too bad he's not left-handed because then you could give Oh, him, I could provide. You could provide. Oh, man. Unfortunately. Although maybe, cool if you hit me up, based on how we played, we both might be playing wrong-handed. <laughs> maybe you're actually a lefty at golf and I'm actually a righty. Wait, really? Oh, was, we were so bad. It was wild. Oh, my God. We were like really the most, you could, the highest score you could have was a bogey. Okay. In the way the tournament worked, it was a scramble, and you played best ball. Okay. Holding out for bogey, mm-hmm. we like having a quote unquote legitimate bogey. Mm-hmm. We uh, we maybe only did four times. It was atrocious. Wow. And like we got back, so we finished. We finished um, sixteen over, I believe. 16 over par, and then we were sitting and like, li- I was listening, we were listening, so the ta- a table next to us had finished up and talked about being 16 under. <laughs> so we were 32 shots worse oh than them. Oh my God. That's actually pretty funny. It was humiliating, I mean, but also a good time because we all didn't care. Right. It's okay. like, whatever. You got to hang out with your pals. Yeah, whatever. We're having a good time. Release the husband cut. Release the husband um, cut. Hmm, interesting. Okay. Anything else you'd like to discuss from this past week, this whirlwind of a week? Well, just briefly. My car is still broken. I don't have a car still. Um, briefly, Halloween. Oh, my God. Halloween was a time where Henry was at his uh, most adorable, I would say. We talked, I think we talked about trunk or treat. Yes, but the next day was real Halloween. Halloween. And we were discussing whether or not we would even take him trick or treating. Yeah. Because Dory and I, not big trick or treaters in general. Halloween's not really. And also, like, our neighborhood's not a huge Halloween neighborhood. Yes. Um, But luckily, there's a street, a street over that has half of it, half a block of it is some families. Yeah. And they, they put out Halloween candy. Yeah. Um, and we asked Henry, as soon as we said candy, he was like, yep. <laughs> yeah. I was shocked because I was like, we could ask him. He might not even want to go because he's always like locked into whatever he's currently doing. He's usually locked into. Right. And he was watching Mickey at the time. Yeah. Um, but he put on his little astronaut costume and off he went. And he kept picking large peanut M&M's. He kept making large peanut M&M's and it was also really sweet like 
no pun intended, the way he's been eating it. Like, oh my God, it's, it's so stupidly adorable. It's so cute. Like, he'll ask me in the morning, like, kind of like naughtily, like, can I, like, can I have some candy? And I'm like, no, it's not time for candy. And then he's like, okay, I'm going to pick out my candy for dinner. And he picks out one piece of candy yep. and he puts it at his place of the table. Yep. And then like periodically throughout the day, he's like, I picked out my dinner candy. Yep. And he points to <laughs> he the points single to piece, <laughs> the single Reese's peanut butter cup. We never cup. said like you can only have one piece. Like we never said that. It has turned into that. He's though. just like, he just decided that was the rule. Well, daylight savings, he, this, uh, we'll talk about it in a second. We got to take a break. Okay. We'll be right back. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love, anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher, like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet, not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like you know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, if for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. 
I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Okay, we're back. Hello. This weekend, as you all know, daylight savings. Hope you've re- changed all your clocks. Well, you may all know that Henry's obsessed with the time. We might have mentioned that once or twice. He was threatening to make me wake up at four o'clock in the morning when I explained daylight savings to him. Oh my god! So I I got up at three. Well, I got up at daylight savings ended two o'clock in the morning, which was three o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And went out to the couch mm-hmm. to lay down and resume sleep. Because <laughs> I've been finding our couch more comfortable than the bed lately, and it's like, I don't know, I can't wrap my head around it. It's annoying to me. But also on the weekends, I'm closer to Henry's room. That way I can hear him. And then... <laughs> What's funny is I hear him through my noise canceling headphones. Mm-hmm. I hear him, Dita, <laughs> Dita, I'm waking, I'm wake, I have to wake up now, Dita, Dita, my eyes are open, Dita. <laughs> so then I, I'm like, oh God, and I get up. Both slept right next to me, like all night, Um, which was very sweet. But like when I got up to get Henry, Bo didn't move at all he's like it's way too early what are you talking about yeah. why are you moving yeah and then i opened up the door of henry's room and he's like hi dita what time is it and i'm oh like oh my god bud it's not even six yet and he showed him the clock 5 40 something and he's like all right i want to get out i want to get up now i want to go to the living room and i was like okay I mean, what did I say? He's like, oh, he wanted toast, and I was like, "Bud, I'm not. We're not having breakfast in the fives. <laughs> it's like we're gonna wait till six thirty. And then he wanted to watch something, and then I was, and then he decided he wanted to watch Mickey at eight ten. So I was like, "Oh my god, that's two hours from now. What are we going to do until then?" And like. I was watching like some like golf stuff and he was like kind of into it a little bit Disney stuff was kind of into it. And then I just gave up and I was like, let's put on something else. And I put on bluey for him, which we had tried like a year ago and he was just, yeah, he just wasn't old enough for it. But this time he gets it and, and, and was laughing at it. He was laughing so cutely at it. It was really, it was really sweet. Yeah. Um, we also started yesterday. I started showing him number blocks, which he was into, which I say has ruined his brain. <laughs> I was confused by numbers. Um, but yeah, so he wanted to get up at whatever time. So he got up eight o'clock in the morning. Finally, rolls around. <laughs> we couldn't play baseball today because he's hit the the other forty eight balls I bought him into the bushes you know i mean like into or on the roof they're like i can't get them they're Mm -hmm. impossible to get um and quite frankly i'm okay with that right now (laughs) 
this morning he pulled he, he came up to me with two holding two balls and i was like oh god and then he goes dita why you say that <laughs> like no reason but let's go and then immediately the two hits were gone they're gone the balls are gone oh my god um then he wanted me to climb the giant ladder i'm like no i'll die i'll fall off of it um anyway daylight savings here we are. Here we are. He took his nap at his regular time. Like by the time I left the room, it was one o'clock. So, and he slept till about two thirty. So maybe he'll be. Maybe he's on it. Maybe he's on it. Um, just a reminder: email do email us at dorianmatt at gmail or matt and dory gmail and call or text us at four one three four six one baby. Um, you can also support us on Patreon at. Uh, patreon.com slash excellent adventure we are still recapping gbbo bake bake and i think we have two more weeks left so you know get on on it now quarterfinals baby Quarter, they just happened they just happened We're next is semi 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 final it's may possibly final it's almost final and then See, almost, the, and then the finals. the final um all right Let's hear from some listeners. We heard back from Anna, who did a real mic drop last week with her email about egg freezing. Yes. And she, and uh, cord blood banking. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. She wrote in to clarify a few things. First, to answer Dory's point about siblings. And this was in uh, reference to... Um, cord blood banking. Yeah. Sibling donors are often used for bone marrow transplants, BMTs, but you don't need to have banked cord blood for this. The vast majority of sibling donors donate at the time that their sick siblings need a BMT. Mm. Depending on the age and size of the sibling donor and sibling recipient, it can be a process similar to donating blood. The donor sibling is hooked up to a machine via an IV and the stem cells are filtered out of the peripheral bloodstream. Or, more commonly, the donor sibling donates bone marrow directly under light sedation. There's no general anesthesia required. The donor sibling is put to sleep while breathing spontaneously, no intubation. The bone marrow is harvested, and they wake up with a bit of a bruise that heals within a few days. Hmm. If the healthy sibling's cord blood was banked at birth, you could conceivably avoid this by using the cord blood instead. It depends on the amount and quality of the cord blood and the size of the recipient. Overall, though, banking cord blood in case one of your kids needs the other's cord blood is still a stretch. Even if one of your kids does end up needing stem cells from the other, it's easily done at any age. Secondly, re-egg freezing. Dory is correct that if you are going to freeze, the earlier the better. Freezing 38-year-old eggs is a Hail Mary pass. But I also wanted to make the case that freezing 25-year-old eggs and then breezing through your 30s on the knowledge that you have some young-ass eggs in the freezer is also very risky. Mm. Even under the best circumstances, the success rates are a crapshoot. I hate that this is the case. I hate that women have to reproduce during the career-making window of 20 to 40. I hate that there isn't more acceptance and support of that reality. Being the PSA commissioner on this is no fun, but we all have our callings, I guess. Mm. Also, very flattered that Matt liked my button on the end of the email. No idea what that means, but it sounds very cool. <laughs> Zero hot dogs unless Weisswurst count. 750 square foot apartment, no TVs, although my husband and I watch Netflix or YouTube on our laptops. The button is typically in a situation comedy. The uh, last joke in the scene. Uh, in journalism, we would call that the kicker. Hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. 
Mine's better. I like buttons. You like the button sound song? Henry does. <laughs> um, Matt, do you want to read this email from Heather? You're so far away from that microphone. Oh, sorry. I thought just, you had headphones on. Just trying to get comfortable here. Take the mic. Matt, would you like to respond to this email from Heather? Sure. I'm gonna ride I'm gonna ride these levels though while you're figuring out that. Uh, I'm responding to the conversation in last week's pod about egg freezing. I'm not currently doing IVF with eggs. I froze years ago, but I am currently, fingers crossed, that it all continues, pregnant with a frozen embryo transfer after three years of IVF. I listened to some other advice podcasts, and I frank... Whoa, whoa, my brain just broke. And I cringe every time. Egg freezing is brought up as a magic bullet solution. When I started IVF, I ignored clinical recommendation that I did not yet need PGT testing. Three years later, I think it is appalling that this is not recommended to every patient as part of the inf of informed consent, especially those freezing embryos for later. I still don't understand only recommending this to patients after the magical 35 threshold or after repeat loss to find as three miscarriages, you should ha not have to miscarry to get all the information you need from a doctor to make your informed medical financial choice about your health. Well, if health insurance wasn't real, you wouldn't. But welcome to the United States. Uh, my first round yielded few eggs and none are normal. Uh, it took a few rounds to figure out what med regime my body needed. It was not until the last six rounds I was banking while waiting to be cleared for pregnancy after a myomectomy. That I never that I ever got more than one normal embryo. Based on this experience, I find it incredibly misleading to put someone through an egg retrieval harvest to harvest eggs that might turn into embryos. Speaking of embryos, we have a knocking. We have Henry knocking in a way that, like, you can tell it's like a three foot tall person. Hello, Henry. We're recording a podcast because that's what we do on Sundays. Are you going to join us for the show? Okay. Okay. You know, I'm going to take a pause from Heather's email here and talk to Henry. Henry. Yeah. How was Halloween? Yeah. Did you like it? Yeah. What was your favorite part? Uh, huh. Huh. I don't know. Was it dressing up? No. It wasn't dressing up. Okay. Was it candy? Yeah. All I did was to wish. Ha. 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 Oh, cocky gog, yes. Bravo. Well done. <laughs> Henry, uh could you do you wanna do you wanna do anything like maybe count count to a hundred by tens? 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, flag. <laughs> flag? <laughs> 50, 40, 50, 40, 50, 40. <laughs> 10, 20, 10, 
20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, 110. Whoa. You shot past the mark. I love it. Henry, what is your what has been your favorite candy so far that you've had from Halloween? Uh, uh the one I picked up for dinner. Yeah, that's all one I like. You like the one you picked up for dinner? Yeah, and when are you gonna be done recording? <laughs> We're gonna be done recording probably in in about twenty minutes or so. Are you done? Yeah. Thanks for joining us, Henry. Say goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Holly's like his publicist. <laughs> <laughs> she bounces out with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, of course. I don't know what he's promoting, but it sounds great. All right. Back to Heather's email. <laughs> Look at me with my cursor on where everything yeah, was. Wow. I could see how freezing embryos would be helpful again, only with PGT. Can you inform? Can you imagine paying frozen storage fees for years for a batch of unviable embryos that had your that you'd hung your hopes on? I know PGD, PGT is not guaranteed, neither is egg or embryo freezing, but there's a lot of information between not a guarantee and just freezing eggs that I think is being glossed over. I think these patients should have an, uh, an ERA and a repeat lost blood panel as a precaution before transferring these embryos that they froze years ago. In many aspects of IVF and women's health, I wish the thought process was to give the patient all the information options up front and not wait to see if it fails or is a clinical problem. I'm in Portland, Maine currently. Uh, hot dogs are off the menu. Would they have one 32-inch husband? My husband thinks it's too small. However, I don't like it dominating the room. <laughs> We're in an apartment. You said you said one thirty-two inch husband. I did. Yeah. Oh, it's adorable. Thirty-two inch TV. My husband thinks it's too small. <laughs> Not a thirty-two inch husband that thinks he is too small. Uh, they're in an apartment somewhere between twelve and fifteen hundred square feet. Also, Dory, if you're still Maine curious, I highly recommend Portland. They have a direct bus to New York City and a train to Boston. Also, not a far drive. It is a city feel with lots of nature, and it's great for kids, too. Okay, that's it for now. That's Heather. Pause the pod too soon. For the person whose husband has cancer, Portland may also be a good fit. There are a few major hospitals along with the Dempsey Cancer Center, ironically, for this pod uh, located next to Boston's IVF location. Main location. I'm sorry. IVF's main location. Can't help you with the deer, though. Portland, what do you think? I'd move to Portland. This is like, you sound so cool. I cannot figure out the levels today. Yeah, I okay, there we go. It's like, I had to turn it down because Henry was eating the microphone. Yes. Um, Hello. I, I like Portland. I, I was like not convinced by Portland. Hmm. Maybe if I'd like taken in a Sea Dogs game. Maybe. I would have been like, wow. You know what it was, the like one lobster roll place we went to? I was like, this is fine. Mm, well, I feel like there are better lobster rolls in other areas of Maine, actually. That's good to know. Um, I mean, yes, I thank you for this email. I also agree with this. And yeah, there's just, there's not a lot of 
there's not enough information being being disseminated i think i agree with that it is like a i mean like you could we could not find any information when we started this off Mm -hmm. and now we are the information congratulations Mm -hmm. congratulations us okay let's hear a voicemail i just finished the pod today and i appreciated that you talked about um the latest research on egg freezing or rather i think a listener called in and and talked about it and how it's not the most um well i guess that it's not an insurance policy and i am a 32 year old married woman um married to a man and undecided about kids so i've gone back and forth a lot on if I want to freeze eggs or embryos and if it's worth the cost. Um, And I wondered if you have any knowledge or maybe some other listeners have knowledge about those fertility testing kits, like the at-home tests, um, where they say that they can tell you what your fertility fertility levels are, et cetera. Um, Curious if anyone thinks that that is like an accurate um way to kind of get a sense of where your fertility's at um and i don't know if that could be used to help in the decision of whether or not to freeze eggs um yeah so that's my question thanks and let's see i live in chicago in about 1200 square feet I, i don't count my hot dogs but it's probably around 10 this year i would say <laughs> one a month Thanks. i like Thanks. it bye so what is this fertility like a fertility score so as with everything in silicon valley there are now startups oh god that sell home testing kits we sell home testing kits for fertility I see. Is it a subscription-based testing kit? Probably. <laughs> and like they kind of, they kind of advertise these as like these will give you a sense of like where you're at, like you know, like she was saying. Yeah. I think kind of like what we have been talking about with regards to egg freezing. Yeah. I think that these kits can give you some information. But they don't give you all the information. And without um, going to, they're not going to tell you how many follicles you have. Right. And without that information, the rest of the data they give you is like, it's not as helpful as I think they are saying that it is. Do you know what I mean? Also, I think if you went to a doctor after that, they would not even look at what you brought in yeah they'd make you do their their own own tests tests yeah i mean i i could see it being helpful in the sense of someone who like maybe had no idea what like where they were at and they got like really low scores you know what i mean and then they went and then they went to a doctor maybe they wouldn't have done that previously right but what about like a falsely high score that that to me is the is the bigger concern someone oh it must be you in the relationship here because my my fertility score is off the charts. Well, but that's what I mean. It's like without actually going to a doctor, like I don't think you can you can definitively say, "Oh, I'm I'm good on fertility." 
You know what I right. mean? So that's my that's my concern about these tests is I think like the data they give you is ultimately incomplete and could be like quite misleading. I I completely agree with that. Bo, whoa, Bo agrees. Misleading, according to Bo. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Okay, we're back. Home stretch. Here we are. All right. Um, we got another email about the uh, half sibling situation. This is from Anonymous. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom was adopted as a baby in the late 1950s, and although she grew up in a loving family, the fact that she and her two brothers were adopted has never been a topic that was or is discussed openly. Although, thankfully, my mom and uncles always knew they were adopted, so it wasn't a late in life surprise. Yeah. My grandparents have always carried a deep sense of sadness and shame that they couldn't have their own biological children and had to adopt. There was some discussion on the pod last week about the shame felt by those who give up their babies for adoption. Meanwhile, many adoptive parents also feel their own shame. That's the repressive nature of the 1950s and 60s for you. In recent years, my mom has connected with her biological family. This has been a truly wonderful thing for her and for all of us. As Dory mentioned... It is so important to some people to know where they came from. I've never seen anyone that looks like my mom before, except for me and my siblings. And it turns out she has four full siblings that look so alike. So that's been wild. Full. Wow. But my mom is adamant that she doesn't want to tell her adoptive parents, my grandparents, about connecting with her biological family. I struggle with that because it is a huge and transformative thing that has happened in our lives. And it doesn't seem right to keep that from them. But at the same time, I understand that not talking about or confronting their feelings about adoption is a choice they've made and would likely cause them a lot of pain. My mom feels strongly that her parents would feel betrayed that she even sought to find out about her biological family in the first place, let alone pursued a relationship with them. So I have stayed silent about it for her sake, despite my discomfort. But I've also realized that it doesn't matter what I think would be best for my grandparents. It is ultimately up to them to confront their feelings if they choose to. Hmm. I would advise the listener that he has every right to pursue a relationship with his half-brother, and I think he should do so rather than miss out on what could potentially be a really rewarding relationship. Hopefully, if he can openly and honestly explain to his mom why this is so important to him and reassure her that it has nothing to do with the relationship between the two of them, she may come around to it, or at least, or at the very least, leave him to it and not get involved. But ultimately, even though her feelings may be deep and complex, they are hers to deal with, in my opinion. And the listener would not be doing anything wrong or disrespecting his mom in pursuing the relationship. That's my two cents. Love listening to you both. And I live for the Henry cameos. Love from a listener in Melbourne, Australia. No idea of square footage, but I live with my partner and our cat. Hopefully there might be a kid in our future one day soon. No hot dogs that Matt would count, but plenty of sausages. One TV of a decent size for watching the footy. Now, is that rugby or football? Good question. I think, you know, Australia, I always think rugby first. That's sort of where I... Australian football <laughs> is what it is. Ah. It's a contact sport 
played it's between -like. two teams of 18 players on an oval field, often a modified cricket ground. Yeah, it does look more rugby-like. There's no helmets. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's a different perspective. And, you know, I think it's their, her case is a little different because it wasn't... The, the mother was the one that gave up the child for abortion. For, oh right, God, for, for adoption. adoption. Jesus Christ. <sighs> that's henry yeah he's <laughs> they're they're chasing each other in circles around oh, the, that's uh, fun around the car um and then we heard from nicola who wrote i have no personal experience but i've just finished the heavyweight podcast episode the marshes which covers this exact topic with a family it's a fantastic podcast and may give insight to not only a mother's perspective but also a sibling's one hmm. Well, thank you. Um, all right. We are going to hear from Allie. Okay. Hi, Dorian Matt. To start off, thank you for the knowledge you share regarding fertility and the support system you built for our community. I've been listening to your podcast for about two years. Dory's a community hero. So I am. Since I began my fertility journey, as recommended by a friend, at times when I felt overwhelmed that it would never happen, that I would get pregnant. I took a couple breaks, but you were always there when I needed you, especially on my 80-mile-each-way commute. Ooh. Four times weekly for seven months. One of your episodes gave me the courage to say, fuck it. And I put my resignation in as I waited to hear from a job I was interviewing with. Thank wow. you, Dory. That makes me happy. Turns out I didn't get the job. But Way I got to go, a, Dory. But I got an even better job. Oh, okay. Uh -huh. Higher salary than Community my previous hero. job. <laughs> Hybrid work from home four times a week. And the best part... My benefits cover IVF at 100% after my $250 Jesus. deductible. I literally cried when I called to check my benefits after trying to make my first consultation with a new RE. I chose to be a single mother by choice, so out of pocket, I just have to cover the cost for the donor sperm. I did two rounds of IUI in 2021, both failed. I was approved for six rounds of IUI by my new insurance, but after my second IUI with new RE, fourth IUI in the last year, I asked to move forward with IVF as I was two months shy of my 40th birthday. To keep myself busy and try to de-stress from the craziness of the fertility meds, I started golfing. Nice. I joined a ladies golf club and I've been practicing at least once a week at the range. I've never had a hobby, so this was good. Thank you, Matt. You're very welcome. Well, my fourth IUI was the lucky one. I am now six weeks pregnant with my little baby bear. First round of IUI, <coughs> I took Clomid and Ovidrel. Second round, Clomid, Menopure, Endometrin, and Ovidrel. Third round, Clomid, Ovidrel, and Progesterone. Fourth round, Letrozole, Ovidrel, and Progesterone. Wow. In 2019, I was told I have the eggs of a 45-year-old, nice. and I should start trying immediately, but I wasn't completely ready. AMH of 0.6 in late 2020. Doctor said I had more time as my AMH went up to no, to 2.08. He said there was no medical explanation for the big jump, so I not. took it as a sign from God that it was time to start. With the stress from my new commute, I took a break, then had to wait for my new insurance to kick in. I immediately started the second round once my new insurance kicked in as my 40th was now quickly approaching. I'm happy to have done this on my own terms, and life has now gifted me the best gift to welcome my 40s. Thank you again for being a part of this journey with me. Sincerely, Allie in SoCal. 1,600 square feet, three bedrooms, two bathrooms, two adults, two dogs, four TVs, 165 inch in my bedroom, 150 inch in the den, 240 inch in each of the other two bedrooms, and one 32 inch TV used for the security cameras. Two Costco hot dogs this year. I'm so confused by this email. Why? First of all, 
amazing that you're going to be a single mother by choice. I think that's incredibly uh, selfless and one of the most difficult things to do on the planet Earth. But who's this other mysterious adult in your house? Maybe it's a roommate. How are they feeling about this? <laughs> I don't know. Like um, I signed up for having an adult roommate, not an adult roommate and an infant. P.S. We need an update from the former truck driver Lex! who went back to school. I can't remember his name. Sending the signal for him to send us send us a check-in update. His last check-in made me cry. I'm proud of him for following his dreams and taking good care of his family. Aw. Lex. Where are you at? Where are you at, Lex? We haven't heard from you in a long time. Hmm. Let us know. Let us know. Um, all right. We we sort of randomly got a couple of emails about sleep. Um, Was it because we were talking about Henry's one-man war against sleeping on time? Maybe. So this first listener is asking, my son is almost five months old and sleeps pretty well, but is still waking once overnight to eat. He's 95th percentile in weight, so doesn't need to eat overnight, according to his doctor. But when he wakes around 3 a.m., he's very insistent that he be fed, screaming and screaming until I nurse him. Once I feed him, he falls right back to sleep with little fuss. We haven't sleep trained him per se, but we have practiced having him fall asleep independently at bedtime since he was a few weeks old. He's a pretty chill baby. So he has always been fine with it. His naps are getting worse, though, and my understanding is that this could be due to not really being sleep trained. There's so much information out there about sleep training that I'm having a hard time deciding what we should do and when. I know Henry's been a good sleeper for many years, so I'm curious what you guys did to help encourage that. Any suggestions would be helpful. 1,400 square feet in Virginia, two adults, two wiener dogs, one baby, a lot of hot dogs, 152-inch TV, way too big if you ask me. Um, sidebar, apparently sleep training has become like very controversial on social media because there's all these moms who are like, it's cruel to sleep train a baby. And I just want to make, make it clear that if you're one of those people, fine, but we are a pro sleep training podcast. We we have the sleep training badge on our podcast. <laughs> so just to give you context, and if you don't believe in sleep training, you don't need to write in. We're not going to read your email anyway. <laughs> Snap. I mean, it's just like, I don't like, I just say that because I, I'm not reading this to like start a debate about sleep training. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes, you're not going to change our minds. Right. It's too late. Yes. Henry has already been <laughs> sleep trained. Yeah. And like, I just don't, I just don't want to like go down that road. So like, I appreciate everyone's opinions, but I, we're just not going to like open up that can of worms. Bobo, what do you need? Oh, he just yawned at me. Okay. Um. Okay. So to your email. Now, my suggestion would be to, does he take, my question is, does he take a bottle? And if he does, I would, I would start bottle feeding him on the overnight feed, not nursing. First of all, that. Like the fact that he's 98th percentile in weight, so he doesn't need to eat overnight. That doesn't make any sense. Um, no, According I think, to his doctor. So, oh, is he like 50th percentile in height? <laughs> No, it's just like, well, I see what you're saying. No, I think it's just like he's, he's, I think the doctor probably thinks he's getting enough nutrients like during the day. Like he doesn't have any eating issues. Right. Um, so here's my suggestion. You want to like, the thing that I like about bottles is it makes it easier to keep track of like exactly how many ounces that, that your baby's getting. And if you have a rough sense of how many ounces they're getting now total, 
with daytime and the overnight feed, you you kind of shift the ounces that he's getting overnight into the daytime and you gradually reduce the ounces that he's getting overnight. Um, which is obviously much easier to do with a bottle. Correct. So I would start there. Like you can start by like, let's say he eats three ounces at his uh, 3 a.m. feed. I would start just giving him two and a half. Both and then and then like do that for a few days and then reduce it a little bit more and then reduce it a little bit more and then like you're getting you're you're breaking the dependency he has on the overnight feed oh my god oh should have been let in a long time ago sorry bobo but we're recording a podcast so we couldn't immediately help you welcome back so that thank you that would be that would be my advice um, if you have if you have other suggestions that still fall within the street sleep training realm, we're happy to hear them and talk about them. I just again, I just don't want to get into like a broader philosophical discussion about sleep training. Thank you. Um, okay, the next sleep question. It's, it's just not natural, you know. We weren't, we didn't evolve that way, and yeah, it's like, we also didn't evolve with electricity. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, okay. So Charlotte just got a salary bump, and she's a finally a Patreon supporter. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Charlotte. All right. It's recently become clear that our two and a half year old doesn't need a nap. On the days he naps, he's up till ten. On the days he doesn't have a nap, but just some quiet downtime in the up afternoon. Till ten. How old is he? Two and a half. He goes up right to 10. sleep at eight. No matter when he goes to oh, sleep, God. he's up between six and seven. The problem: naps at daycare are non-negotiable. I gather that two hours on the cot is mandatory as part of the daycare's accreditation. They are a tech-free daycare, which in general is great, but it means that I can't send in a Yodo player or an iPad with headphones so he can be quietly occupied but awake during nap time. We also have a 10-month-old who's naturally up extremely early, and since my husband and I both work full-time demanding jobs, our days are just crushingly long when the toddler's up till 10. We adore our daycare and plan to send both our boys there till kindergarten. Am I actually looking at years of our toddler staying up till 10 since nap slash cot time is mandatory in every class at the daycare? I can't be the first parent ever to deal with this. Any advice or perspective from you and or listeners? Hmm. Side note, on the semi-recent topic of toddler TV, our toddler is in love with Handyman Hal, a sweet South Carolina youth pastor who has a very wholesome non-religious YouTube presence that is actually highly educational. About tools, engines, and such. Our toddler, who is way into how things work, actually gets some accurate information in a non-infantilizing format, as opposed to when he watches my inane nemesis, God. Blippi. Blippi's the worst. Thank you. Charlotte in Eastern Pennsylvania, two adults, two little ones, three cats, and 1,300 cozy feet. One mediocre hot dog on the 4th of July, TV approximately 45 inches, I think-ish. If there was nothing um, religious about his YouTube presence, you wouldn't know he was a youth pastor. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> just saying. I'm just, just putting that out there. Um, okay. Henry is not in full day preschool and he, and he still naps and does not go to bed at 10. So like, I feel like we do not have personal experience to really relate here. All I can say, Henry could stay up to 10 if we ever allowed such a thing. And he would also still wake up at the same time. Yeah, but it's not. It sounds like he wouldn't be like. It sounds like they can't get him to sleep at like eight. Right. Um, Anyway, 
so I know they, they won't let you have a Yodo or an iPad with headphones. Would they let him have like a book? Would they let him have anything? Surely there are other children, like especially four-year-olds who aren't sleeping during this time. Like there must be something else that they could do. Uh, I don't know. Um, I'd love to hear how other people with kids in daycare have navigated this. I, um, I, I, I remember nap time in kindergarten. Weirdly. Really? I can remember it. Yeah. Huh. Because I often didn't nap. Mm. But I remember us, you know, lights going down low and us laying down. Um, we did not nap in kindergarten. We did, weirdly. That is weird. Um, and I just kind of had to lay there doing nothing. Yeah. So I remember that. So I bet your son's going to remember this. <laughs> well, her son's only two and a half. Well, you never know. Um, all right. One last email. Uh, this is from Phoebe. Greetings. My daughter's almost three and was adamant she wanted to be a giraffe this year for Halloween. Mm. I could not figure out why because she isn't particularly into giraffes otherwise. I was listening to the pod yesterday and it occurred to me I must have been listening to a prior episode in the car with her where you talked about Henry wanting to be a giraffe. Mm. So thanks for inspiring her Halloween costume this year. And they sent a cute photo where two adults, two toddlers, two big mutts in 1900 square feet in Florida. So plot twist. Oh, we have a 58 inch in the living room odd size i know a 32 inch in the bedroom i think hot dogs are gross but my husband and daughter eat them often (laughs) um i think we mentioned this last week but like the plot twist was that henry then refused to wear his giraffe costume and just wanted to wear his astronaut costume from last year he was really into the helmet yes he wore it a lot (laughs) it was very cute um so that's that but your daughter did look very cute um and that brings us to the end of the show just a reminder you can support us on patreon you get up to two real bonus episodes a month and great british bake-off still going we're doing the recaps patreon.com slash excellent adventure bo is like oh my god how many noises can you make bo Uh, we're so grateful to our Patreon supporters. You really keep us going. And if you support us at the $5 level or above, you'll get your name read on the podcast each month. And don't forget, you also get the massive back catalog of Patreon episodes. Yes. So thanks to the following folks. Angie James. Britt S. Baker. Josephine W. Ariana Perry. Bethany. Carol Balala McNamara. Cecily Templeton. Christina. Diana Martin. Emily F. Erica. Evelyn Schmevelin. Jamie Stoke. Jenna Marie Nelson. Jennifer Zayas. Maria Baker. Like Dr. Zayas? That's cool. Uh, Mary Jo George. Nassim Kansari. Olivia Fahey. Alicia. Anna Ratliff. Charlotte Nunes. Don. Katie Allen. Mickey Smith. Mimi Steinberg. Sophia F. Stephanie S. Carolyn Land. Jennifer H.S. Tyler Rosewood. Abba N. Alec Meredith Fletcher and Florence Babel. Alex Liu. Uh, Amanda Crotchet. Or crochet? Crochet, maybe? <laughs> Amanda Powell? <laughs> Probably crochet. Uh, Amy? Andrew Brenneman. Andrew McClure. Ann Fluker. Ann Kay. And then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight anonymous. Wow. Lex Conan, if you're out there, hit us up. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye.